What's good, guys? Welcome back to the third episode of the Big Ballers podcast. We have an all-star lineup for All-Star Weekend. We've got a special guest today who we're going to get into in a little bit. But first of all, introduce yourself, 10K Wallace. What's good? What's good, 10K gang? 10K Wallace in the building. As always, we got AB the Hero. What's happening, my man? Hey, what's happening, y'all? It's your main man, AB the Hero. We back again with another episode of the podcast. And we got DJ's Raw and Uncut. And this is a guy who I've done an interview with in the past. One of the underground OG ball family commentators on YouTube. Tell us a little bit about yourself. This is DJ's Raw and Cut Truth. Give you that raw content that you deserve to need. Been a ball fan since the Chino Hill days. I'm going to keep it unfiltered. I'm going to keep it raw, uh, cut, truth. And there's no silence in me. So let's get it popping. Glad to have you, my man. But the first thing we're going to talk about today is in the last podcast, we were speaking about LaMelo leaving the NBL. And AB pointed out how we were all we all admired the fact that instead of leaving Australia to go to the United States and sticking around with the team, he went ahead and did that anyway. And we were like admiring him for not doing that. So I want to hear AB's thoughts and feedback on that specific situation and how Lamelo decided to leave the team early prior to the end of the season when he could have been still around his teammates. You know, a lot of people called him out for not. Do you know I mean letting them know beforehand? I just want to know your whole thoughts on that situation, AB. Like I said before, man, I would have loved to see him change the narrative and stay the whole time. I think that that has been something that in Lithuania, they tried to paint that narrative. He cut out of there early. And I will say that I can tell that the brand or the family must be in a different like space because that hasn't, outside of maybe folks in Australia, I think the NBL, I think even the Illawarra Hawks helped in like really embracing the fact that he went, you know what I mean? I think some folks maybe behind the scenes let the the cat out of the bag that he left without telling folks is what eventually came out. But I appreciate the fact that like at least American media hasn't like just dragged him or tried to say, oh, there they go again, leaving out before the season is over and all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm pleased to see that. Well, in my opinion, I think before the season, they had their sights set on leaving anyway. Don't forget, Jermaine Jackson has a family as well, and I heard that he wanted to see his son play. As in for LaMelo, I guess he wanted to see his family before he goes into intense training. Remember, when you prepare for the draft, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of your time. He's trying to savor all of that before he goes in potentially be drafted number one or in the top five. See, what's interesting about that is a lot of people overstate or overlook the work that actually goes into leading up for the draft. People like seem to assume with these top prospects that their season ends come the end of March Madness, usually Mel's case, the injury that took him out for the NBL season. But there's a lot of stuff that goes in between then. Do you know what I mean? You've got all these pre-draft interviews, you've got to audition to all these teams doing workouts and get yourself properly ready for the NBA Summer League and preseason, which isn't too far ahead from draft night. So I think a lot of people gloss over that, that he's still got work to put in. Just because he's not on the NBL court playing for nothing with the Illawarra Hawks doesn't mean Melo isn't still there with Jermaine Jackson in the gym, grinding, working on his game. 10K, do you know what I mean? We want to hear your two cents on this as well. So what do you think about Lamelo leaving the NBL early? Honestly, it was just his decision because he could have stayed overseas and you know, stayed with the Illawarra Hawks and kept getting better and getting prepared for the... NBA draft, but I just feel like he just wanted to go back home. 
I don't really think LaMelo liked playing overseas. He just had to play over there because that's his choice. I mean, he wanted to play in college. He always wanted to stay in the States. LaMelo never wanted to go overseas. You know, and on top of that, he just posted a picture with his mom on, you know, Valentine's Day and stuff. He clearly misses his family. He misses his mom his, and everybody. So I just feel like LaMelo Ball, he just wanted to just come back to the States and just get prepared for the NBA draft and, you know, the pre-draft workouts and everything. A.V., you got anything to add to that? I think all of that is wrapped into all of that. It's interesting because for anybody else, having the opportunity to go play overseas is something that, like, you'll be dreaming about. Like, I've seen it with a bunch of these guys in the JBA. They're like, man, like, super excited to be able to go overseas in these different countries and play. It's like a dream come true. But, yeah, when you know that you number one in the NBA draft type talent, if you had went to college, you would have been able to go to college here and go to any school. I could see how you can't appreciate fully having the opportunity to play professional basketball in these different leagues when you know you're destined for the best league in the world, the NBA. Plus, you know, you miss your family and all of that stuff. And he's from Los Angeles. Who don't want to come back to Los Angeles? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, LaMelo knows he's going to be a top three pick and stuff. Like, let's just look at it like R.J. Hampton. Let's say R.J. Hampton wanted to leave overseas, you know, and get ready for NBA draft. We all know R.J. Hampton, you know, he's just a, what, top 20 pick. So most likely he might decide to stay with the breakers, you know, just to get prepared for the draft. But LaMelo, he already knows his name is certified in the top three pick. So, you know, A.B. is right about that. Do you know what's interesting? Okay. Just quickly follow that up, 10K. Shortly after LaMelo's decision to leave the NBL, R.J. Hampton decided to do the exact same thing. So he's mm-hmm. now left the NBL to return to the draft to prepare for it. But the interesting mm-hmm. thing, the twist on that with him, is that the Illawarra Hawks were out of the playoff contention. The New mm-hmm. Zealand Breakers have recently gone on a run, and they're making a push to play in the playoffs, and it's, they've now got an above 500 record. If anyone should be receiving backlash from leaving the NBL early, it shouldn't be LaMelo, it should be the guy who still had something to play for. Yeah, I, I was going to point that out, that RJ left after... LaMelo left. DKM is correct, a thousand percent correct, that RJ leaving early is a worse look. LaMelo, what LaMelo did is not even bad. His team is not good. A lot of LaMelo ball haters are saying LaMelo is not a difference maker. They have a losing record. But since he's not been playing, they're losing even more than they were (laughs) previously. And then you got a team with RJ, a playoff bound team, and he leaves. You don't hear that too much of a player leaving a playoff team. Thank you. Do you want to continue what you were saying? RJ, he know what he's doing. But on top of that, I really feel like he's trying to catch up to that LaMelo ball hype. Because, you know, RJ Drastar did go down a little bit playing with the breakers. Just because he wasn't really, like, contributing how like we all thought he was when he first, you know, into overseas. But he started to get a little comfortable. And that's why I was saying the difference between LaMelo and RJ. LaMelo went overseas already having the confidence in him. He was already hooping. And I was saying the reason for that is because he was playing with the JBA USA team. He was playing with grown men. But for RJ Hampton, he just left high school. He didn't go to college. So he had to adjust playing overseas and stuff like that. Regardless, you know, it's bad that he did not stay with the New Zealand Breakers because that's his team. But the whole reason of him going overseas is to go to the NBA. Like The NBL, like it's cool that you can get these top picks. But I think that if they're really trying to expand that game and bring some of these prospects over, instead of going like these lottery pick guys, I think you need some dudes who steal some dudes from college who maybe in like the the top 50 guys who maybe need two years in your league 
and then start pumping those guys in, into the NBA. And I feel like you'll then maybe get some of these higher lottery picks who w- will want to stick around once they kind of establish themselves in your league. Because like you said, 10K, for RJ, it was just about showing, all right, man, I, could, I can play against adults. We already know Melo can. It's tough for him, man, because he just literally got overshadowed by LaMelo so bad once Melo made his uh, decision to go to the NBL that I'm sure if he had any conversation or talk to LaMelo about making that NBL decision, I'm sure he wish he hadn't done that at this point. Or I feel like they was trying to team up together. They was talking about something like that. I can't exactly remember what they was talking about, but mm-hmm. it was something similar to, similar to them teaming up. And, you know, once RJ found out LaMelo was going to a different team because, you know, you know, the Illawarra Hawks are way worse than the Breakers. I feel like RJ Hampton really was just trying to ride the mellow wave, honestly. While RJ announced his decision to the NBL before LaMelo did, LaVar at the BBB All-American game way back in March had narrowed it down between China and Australia. So LaMelo mm-hmm. going to the NBL was already a legitimate possibility, so much to the point that when the story broke that the New Zealand Breakers had a major announcement, I'm not sure if you guys remember, there was this big story that was like Carmelo Anthony is joining the New Zealand Breakers. And then we were mm. starting to speculate, no, they're getting that mixed up with LaMelo Ball, because why would Carmelo Anthony, who an NBA Hall of Famer who's trying to get back in the league, go and play over in Australia? It just didn't make any mm. sense. To what AB was saying earlier, uh, what was he saying earlier? What did you say, my man? <laughs> oh, no, you said something I wanted to respond to. <laughs> AB, what you were saying about LaMelo, like the idea of playing overseas, not as like compelling to him as it would be to some of these other JBA guys, I think that's understandable because... He's already taken all these obscure routes. I mean, he's been overseas several times before. That concept, I mean, that probably, like you said, isn't as exciting to him as it would be to other players. So I can definitely understand why at this point he's just like, yeah, I mean, we've got nothing to play for. I did my bet here in Australia. I'm just ready to focus on the NBA just now. Yeah, definitely. I really feel like if LaMelo and RJ would have teamed up together, you know, they both, well, we all know LaMelo's going to be a top three, but RJ would have been a certified top five pick. I think he might, he could be a lottery pick, maybe 14, maybe 13. But, you know, I really feel like his plan, they really wanted LaMelo to, you know, team up with RJ overseas. I really feel like they were trying to make that happen. Yeah, that I think I, that came out, right? The the way that the Next Stars program worked, they wouldn't have been able to play on the same team. Um, the same way we heard LaVar say it was either China or Australia. Um, some folks who I know, I can't remember who it was, but from Texas, who are familiar or from the same area as RJ Hampton, they hit me and was like, we knew RJ was going to Australia a month before it was announced on ESPN. So like locally, it was already a foregone conclusion. And then so when it kind of got announced to the world, everybody was like, yo, y'all talking about this like it's something new, but we already knew it was going down as well. So both of those decisions were probably in the dark room somewhere before we even it got brought to the light for all of us. If that's the case that RJ already made his decision to go overseas, you know, a month before, do you think that, you know, he probably, wait, am I getting it wrong? Was it China first, then Australia, or was it? LaVar said he was going to play in either Australia or China mm-hmm. at the BBB All-American game because it was yeah. a couple of players mm-hmm. that played in Australia previous years, Terence Ferguson, who plays oh. for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Not big names, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? There was the guy that was involved in that Chris Rivers scandal, ironically. What's his name? Indiana Pacers I, for the Sydney Kings? I know you're talking about the yeah. Bowen, Brian Bowen. Brian Bowen, some that's Bowen. it. Mm-hmm. But we've not heard from DJ's Ron on Cup for a minute, so give your two cents on pretty much everything we've just talked about. When it comes to RJ, 
we have to realize he's looking at LaMelo, and I'm not saying he's jealous, but it's an envy. And those around him want him to be at LaMelo's fame level, the notoriety, the popularity. They want that. RJ father just retweeting and liking anti LaMelo ball stuff to boost his sons. It's, I just think it's lame. But you can see that whatever LaMelo decides to do something, then he copies it. I'm not trying to be mean to the brother, but that's just my opinion on it. Seeing as those guys we just mentioned earlier, we were struggling to remember who they were, the guys that played in the NBL before. Don't you think that maybe with LaMelo being there, even though he was in LaMelo's shadow, RJ got more attention than he would have otherwise? Because more people were watching that Illawarra Hawks game that had eyes on him that otherwise wouldn't be there if LaMelo wasn't playing. So I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, he can look at LaMelo as like the star of the NBL, but would RJ Hampton have got the attention that he got himself if Melo didn't go over there? You got to remember, like, LaMelo wanted to play in college. Like, RJ Hampton, he wanted to be the man overseas in the NBL. He wanted to have all of that, you know, spotlight that LaMelo have playing in the NBL right now. RJ wanted all that. And, you know, LaMelo ended up taking most of the spotlight and stuff like that. But I really feel like RJ Hampton would have definitely had a lot of more spotlight if LaMelo didn't go overseas because he was already planning on going overseas, like AB just said. You know, they, he made up his mind a few months back, but LaMelo just came about out of nowhere. I can see what both of y'all saying, because I think in the United States, Melo going to Australia helped the clout, like for RJ Hampton, raise a ton. Like, yeah, he did his, his little, his spot on ESPN. I don't want to say little, like I'm trying to diminish it or whatever. When they played head to head, I'm sure the scouts from the NBA was in the building and they probably had twice as many scouts at that game than would have been at any game for a, just a regular R.J. Hampton game. Uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to say real fast and uh, see what y'all thought is, do we think, you know how when Lonzo came into the NBA, everybody kind of pitted him against the kid from Kentucky? I just forgot his name. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Do we think that R.J. Hampton is the person that they'll pit against uh, LaMelo, or will it be somebody who's in college like a Cole Anthony? Bro, that's a great Ooh, point. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that is a very good question. That's I think RJ Hampton and LaMelo Ball's careers are going to be tied together, like you said, the same way De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox and Lonzo Ball. But, I mean, not to get too much into it, we've we seen what De'Aaron Fox is about now that he's under Luke Walton. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that comparison was fair because coming into the league, everyone was talking about how De'Aaron Fox is miles ahead of Lonzo. If any of you guys quickly want to answer that question before we transition on to the next topic. To be honest with you guys, I feel like is going to have multiple. I feel like it's going to be Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, and R.J. Hampton. Because LaMelo, man, LaMelo, he's just a big name in general. Like, I feel like he's already going to have rivals. Like I said earlier, Cole Anthony was ranked higher than LaMelo until he got, you know, that knee injury. Yeah, I agree with 10K. Since LaMelo has a lot of fans and a lot of haters, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that LaMelo Ball has the most rivals as soon as he touched the court in the NBA. So it's going to be multiple upon multiple upon multiple rivalries. Anthony Edwards, even Tyreek Maxey, I'll, I'll add him. RJ, Cole Anthony, you name it. Lonzo? Even Lonzo. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of Lonzo, yeah. that will be the highest rated game next year. I'm booking it. Lonzo sure. versus LaMelo Ball. Uh-huh. That's going to be the highest rated game in the NBA next year. The storyline, two brothers who have never played against each other in opposing teams. 
You can't tell me that's not big hey, ticket right there. Bro, I, I, yeah, bro. Hey, you caught it. You already caught it. I get, yeah. I get that one. You caught it. You know, it's crazy. I, I never even thought about that, of like them actually having to play against each other. What kind of draw that's going to be with LeVar courtside, with a, oh, a half Melo, half Lonzo <laughs> jersey on, selling. Oh, man, that's going to be huge. Definitely. That's going to be amazing. But let's transition on to the next topic because we've been talking about RJ Melo, the NBL, for a minute. We're still going to be Lamelo Ball related. Let's not spend too much time talking about this. But DJ reported this. I made a video on it about this new documentary that's supposedly coming out about Lamelo Ball. Now we don't know how authentic these reports are with the price tag, which has been thrown around at two million. You know I mean we heard something similar with the one hundred million sneaker endorsement deal? I want to know what you guys think. Do you believe the authenticity of the reports that this documentary is worth two million dollars? But I also want to know what you guys think about the documentary and what it should include. So let's start with AB because I know you've got something interesting to say about that. From what we talked about or, or what you all spoke on what is in regards to the documentary of it being just his road to the draft from like now from him leaving the NBL to the NBA draft. To me, I don't know if that's if the two million dollar price tag is worth it just because it's a story that, you know, everybody else will be having a road to the draft. I think that folks would love to hear his perspective, but I know that they have film and they've been like videotaping LaMelo's journey since since Chino Hill like there's been folks who have traveled around with them outside of just a ball in the family crew behind the scenes footage and I would love for that to be included in there and I think that if they did that it'd be worth uh, much more than two million dollars you could take that to the, the theater 30 million dollar budget and, and get your money back yeah, definitely. I agree with AB. If it goes from him leaving the NBL to entering the NBA draft, it's not worth $2 million. But I feel like if it starts when he was leaving high school and just showing his transition from going to Lithuania, playing the JBA, then going to the JBA USA, you know, just his transition throughout his basketball career. Because Omelo, he'd been through a lot throughout, what, just two really? years? He'd been through a lot. And it's unreal how he fell out of the rankings went back to high school, and still made it back in the rankings as a top player. Like, LaMelo, he really got a really good, good story that could sell if they, you know, do it the right way. But it was just if they just do it off of just little pieces of him just, what, playing in the NBL, then going to the NBA, man, ain't nothing. I don't want to see that. <laughs> it should be more than $2 million regardless. But I will say this to add on. LaMelo Ball's story must be raw and uncut. If it's kind of scripted, if it's too PC, it's not going to do well enough. If they really want to gain some good capitalism from this documentary, he must be raw and authentic. I'm not talking about ball and the family where everything's all hunky-dory. I'm talking real emotion. How did you feel from going through Lithuania to finding your mentor, Jermaine Jackson, to eventually playing for the NBL to coming back home to train? I want to know all of it. Not just, oh, he's done with the NBL and he's training before the draft. No, that would be so disappointing to see just like the circuits like leading up to the draft. Although that's something I want to see, you can't be charging $2 million from that because that's not what the people want to see from LaMelo Ball. We know he's going to put in the same work that like that needs to be put in, that other draft prospects have put in in previous years prior to the draft. Like, Of course, because he's LaMelo Ball, people are still going to watch that. But where the real money is, and like AB said earlier, something you could make a movie about, is the fact that he was able to deal with these setbacks along the way, have the most obscure route of any draft prospect in NBA history, and still potentially 
be the number one pick in the draft. No player has done anything like that. The journey that Melo's gone through as a superstar from all these different countries and stuff is unlike anything we've ever seen before. That's just great material right there. And if, like AB said, if they have the film to make it happen, why limit it to just the end of the NBL, like January, February, recovering from injury and working out with Jermaine Jackson? Highlight it all because it's all box office and it would all be a great watch. You know, they could have something, you know, playing way bigger for LaMelo Ball's basketball career in the future. Maybe right now they just want to focus on, you know, him playing overseas, then going to the NBA. The Ball in the Family show was shot through his production companies, Bundam and Murray, and they did like the Kardashians, the real world and all of that stuff. And there's something that I remember when we were traveling with the like JBA USA tour, even they started filming like bits and pieces of a reality show that they wanted to shop around following the JBA. And they also, they ran into some issues because the boys were already under contract with the ball in the family show. They couldn't be in another reality show as well that wasn't like produced by the same company. So I'd be interested to see how that whole thing plays out. It makes me think like, yeah, I could see how this would only be in that short time period. And I wonder how that would affect the like actual ball in the family show. If this means that that may be coming to an end sometime soon because they're trying to clear up space or even if this documentary would feature LeVar and all everybody else or if they all kind of tied into those different contracts. Yeah, I, I would like to point out at the end of the day, I'm proud of LaMelo Ball. Through all the hate that he's received, I'm glad he's winning off the court. No matter what the shines and buffoons say, you can't stop what's great about LaMelo. LaMelo's box office. You know, I respect LaMelo so much because he's a killer. Like, literally, his whole basketball career changed because of his brother's, you know, Leandro Ball mistake. He still did his thing, and I can't do nothing but respect him for that. You know what? That's a, that's a huge thing, man. For him to be able to change course with the whole entire family, because like you said, the Leangelo thing was a a a huge uh like fork in the road for their entire family and sent them in a way different direction. And everybody pretty much held it down, man. And for him to have to be have to have made all of these moves and kind of do a lot of it on his own and still be in this position speaks the world of to me, him and like Lavar and all of the folks who are around him. You even learn how to speak out too, because you know he had to tell Lavar you know, his true feelings about wanting to go back to high school. So even though, you know, you can tell LaMelo was keeping his feelings inside of him ever since he just got to a point, he was just like, man, this is my last year in high school. Like, I have to say something to my father, you know, and so he can know that I just want to finish off my last year in high school with my peers. Hey, I just want to point out that that is not true. That did not happen. About he what? didn't like, he didn't come to LaMelo Le- Le- LeVar and say, bro, I want to go back to high school. That's one of the things that if you watch those Alan Foster videos where he talk mm-hmm. about the narrative and how they shaped it that way, that's the fact. Mm-hmm. Alan Foster brought them the ideal of like, let's go to these different schools and, and then they, they ended up doing it and then they made it look like that for the show. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden be like, man, I want to go back to high school. Yeah. He was probably hella excited about it when they told yeah, it to him, but definitely. he wasn't. It was a good script, though, because, man, it played off really well. It really seemed like LaMelo was like, man, look, I want to go back to school. Right. Now we're talking about Alan Foster. You know what I mean? We, we got to move away from that and switch gears onto the next topic, which is Lonzo Ball. Recently, we've seen a situation unfold with Lonzo talking about how it would be an understatement for him to say that he lost a lot of money with Big Baller Brand. And you have LaFar, who's getting actual national media airtime again. For negative reasons, like people questioning him as a father. I've seen that on FS1 and stuff. 
because he's asking Lonzo and his sons to invest more money into big baller brands, to invest all their NBA money into big baller brands. What do you think the situation is with Lonzo and big baller brand at this point? I think it's, for me, it's impossible to know, right? Because I think we get a lot of information from the show, but I think like DJ and everybody has said that the show is four weeks ago, you know what I mean? Like where they're at now is still in the fall. So maybe they've worked through certain things and maybe there's some narratives that have been shaped to make it more dramatic. The way that folks have responded to LeVar saying, let's invest our money into the, the brand. To me, that's not unrealistic. That happens in, in most families who are, are pretty close. Like, you know, you create a family business and all the you all kind of put your time and effort into an expertise. So I, I, I think that a lot of folks made more of that than what actually needed to be made of it. DJ, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have a different spin on it. There shouldn't be anything about, Lon- especially Lonzo, investing into anything. This is a young man who lost millions of dollars. They should do what's right for him. Now, you know, I've always defended LeVar, especially when the media has called him a bad parent. He wants to change the narrative and uh, the structure of what shoe companies are. Is he always right? No. But I just think that it's just a, a bad route for Lonzo. If this was me in this situation, I lost millions of dollars. I'm not investing in anything because how do I know if I'm going to lose it again? I agree with that. I just really feel like Lonzo, he's just tired of sacrificing. He's just trying to focus on basketball because this season right here has been his best season so far in the NBA. Lonzo Ball has improved so much with his game when he just focused on him. And, you know, he just staying locked in mentally. And, you know, dealing with the brand and stuff like that, it clearly is just draining him. So he's just trying to stay away from that and just focus on basketball so he can keep his go-to job and that's to stay in the nba because there were speculations about long the ball game people was calling him a buzz and stuff so he still is in the midst of proving himself in the nba and lavar is just always in his throat about the brand and stuff like that he's just tired of sacrificing for the brand because he don't know what's going to happen like dj just said he lost a million dollars like he's tired of sacrificing because he just lost so much money i'm not saying he's not trying to be with the brand no more that's what i'm saying He's done with the brand, bro. You can tell as someone with the demeanor that he has can say, I'm done with the brand. He said it, bro. That's what I'm. That's the message I'm getting from his interviews, from the decision to cover up the tattoo. I know he would have had to do that anyway. I just get the impression that Lonzo's done with the brand and Lamelo sees that and he's thinking about, well, if Lonzo's not going to be a part of this, why would I invest in something that my older brother, who's just as important to the brand as I am, do you know what I mean? I think Lonzo's given us every indication so far to suggest he's done with the brand. And I think that is completely fair enough, given the circumstances, like both you and DJ said, what he's had to sacrifice. I mean, once something doesn't work out the first time, and then you're asking me to put in more money, which I've already lost, to run something back, which isn't guaranteed, you can't expect that of anyone in any avenue of life, not just basketball. I, I agree with you all. I think if Lonzo decided that he didn't want anything to do with the brand, then I I wouldn't be, like, upset at him. I will say, though, most businesses have certain setbacks that they have to overcome before they become whatever they are, whether that's Nike, Microsoft. Apple fired Steve Jobs and had to hire him back, and he took the job back and took him to another level. Like, they all go through that stuff, so... That's the risk of, of trying to change the culture, is trying to change the way things are happening. And I think that if he is just wanting to get the check, 
get his money back and, and kind of live his life kind of the way that all other athletes do, then I say don't even don't jump into bed with the brand like you were before. But I think that if he can be convinced to like ride it out and, and maybe learn from their mistakes, then I say do it, man, because it could be life changing. If he goes on to be an all-star, if he can figure out the balance of basketball and business, then he'll make that money back that he lost. He lost a million dollars, whatever. He'll get that back once him and his his brother kind of get into the league and become who we think they can be. And uh, before we switch gears to another topic, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to put down this narrative about Lonzo. I was tired of – I made a video about the difference between ball family fans and stands. The stands are making this argument that Leangelo was more of a loyal guy than Lonzo. Let me dispute that real quick. Leangelo has not put in the money as Lonzo. Lonzo has sacrificed a lot. I mean a lot. He deserves that right to be ticked off about it. He deserves that right to have an option. I'm not saying that he's going to go away from the Ball family brand, but he told LeVar and everybody else to give him a year to let him focus on basketball. He even gave LeVar ultimatum, let's change the name and we could still do it. LeVar disagreed, and that's his opinion. So Lonzo has tried millions of times to make things right. See your perspective on it. And I will say that one of the things that we have to realize, too, is most people in Lonzo's position who come into the NBA, they end up taking care of their family. You just end up figuring out how to give them a job, end up paying them, he got brothers, sisters, mother who is uh, going through some things. And while he may have lost some money, they have also been able to create their own like well-being and, and worth without just 100% digging into his pockets. You know what I'm saying? There's something to be said for that as well. You know what I mean? Like they, they have, he's sacrificed a lot, but everybody right now is in a position that other NBA players, I'm sure, wish their families could be in. I really feel like Lonzo Ball got the big ball of brain in his hands right now, and LeVar Ball knows that. It's whatever Lonzo says goes at this point. I don't think we can deny the fact as well that LaMelo has sacrificed a lot as well. So we spoke about this in the last podcast. It's like it's easier for Leangelo to stay committed to the brand than the other guys because although he does have options, like AB said in the last podcast, it's not to the extent that LaMelo or Lonzo have who could have signed. I'm sure Lonzo could have signed a sneaker deal worth upwards of $10 million when he came into the league. We're hearing Lamelo's now getting offered $100 million. So do you know what I mean? That's a lot more to lose than, let's say, someone like Leangelo, who's fighting for a G League contract at the moment. But like DJ said, let's switch gears, no pun intended. Go on to the next topic, which is Lonzo Ball and his potential to be an all-star next season. What do you guys think about that? It's all-star weekend right now. This is the third year. He's not yet made an all-star team. Is next year the year Lonzo finally becomes an all-star with his improvement we've seen this season? Starting with DJ first, what do you think? If he doesn't raise his bar, he won't be an all-star. <laughs> so, so he better work on taking it to the house, taking it, taking layups, not settling for jumpers all day. If Lonzo develops an extra scoring drive, all he needs to do is score 15 points and have double-digit assists. He'll have enough all-star votes in fandom to be in his first all-star next year at Bankett. At least 15 and I say 11 assists. As Zion goes, Zoe goes. Next year, Zion is looking like he will be an all-star. In the same way Lonzo's assists are going up, 
I think that that will put him in a position to to where the box score would be so undeniable that he'll just get in off the fact that they'll start the season in the playoff contention by the time the All-Star break comes around and the Pelicans will have two guys into the All-Star game. It'll be Zoe and Zion. Yeah, I think Lonzo will make it next year. Um, this year, what, Lonzo was averaging nearly 12 points a game, six uh, rebounds, six assists. Every year, he's progressing his game. Like DJ said, once he starts averaging at least 15-plus a game, over that mark consistently every game, and like bump up his assists around, what, nine or ten assists a game, he's definitely going to make it. Because Lonzo, he's been improving his game a lot. And I feel like next year, for sure, will be his breakout year. Because, and on top of that, that's his last year with the uh, Pelicans on his contract, his rookie contract. So he's for sure going to ball out, you know, to get a, a new deal with whatever team he decides to go once he become a free agent. I think there's a difference between playing at an all-star caliber level and making the all-star team because, yes, 15 points, 11 assists, sounds great on paper, could be an all-star, but who do you take out? We just saw Devin Booker average 27 points mm-hmm. per game and didn't make the all-star game mm-hmm. and only just made it as a substitute. So if Lonzo's going to get in... You're going to have to take one of your Steph Curry's, your Damian Lillard's, your Russell Westbrook's, your James Harden's, your Luka Doncic's, any of these guard players out. And you've also got to remember, Ja Morant is coming. Rookie of the year, he is coming. If it was the Eastern Conference, then no doubt, because you see your D'Angelo Russell's guys like that making all-star teams over there. I mean, you've always got your one sort of Spencer Dimwitty guys like that. I mean, it's easier to make the all-star as a guard in the Eastern Conference than it is the Western Conference. But I think Lonzo can play at an all-star level next season. Next year will be his breakout year his most improved player type season, but him actually making the all-star team. Like, who are we taking out? Let's go for each of you. Who, who are you taking out? You taking Curry out? You taking Dame out? You taking, like, bro, who, who's going to go if Zoe's coming in? You, you just never know, because Brandon Ingram, this year, Brandon Ingram just made it. You know, he, this is first year making the all-star game. You just never know. Lonzo can have a breakout season next year, just like Brandon Ingram, and make the all-star game. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah, denying he'll have a breakout season, though. I'm saying, for him to get in, someone else has to come out. Who would that person be? It's hard to tell, man. That's a good question, man. I think it'll be tough to say. However, I, I do believe that the edge that he'll have is highlights. We'll see him throwing lobs. Like, Devin Booker has an amazing game. He scored a bunch of points. But you're going to see Zion to Zoe all day. It's, that's just box office, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that will be what pulls, what opens up some space for him, more so than, like, his actual numbers. I like the analogy that you pointed out, DKM, about a difference between an all-star based on their merit and all-star based on fan votes. I think it'll be a mixture. Would I love Lonzo to score 20 points a game, have 12 assists? Yes, but he's a pass-first point guard. He is what he is, and he shouldn't be punished if he has 15 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt scoring isn't the primary aspect of Lonzo's game. What about Lamelo? How soon do you think it'll take him to potentially be an all-star in the league one day? Two years. Second year. Two years. You think he'll be an all-star within the second year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second year. I feel like Lamelo's second year. He's going to draw an average at least twenty-two a game, twenty-three. Like I feel like Lamelo will going to go crazy, and make it an all-star team. So look, we're going to see a Trey Young-like sophomore season from Lamelo Ball. If he's in the Eastern Conference, he'll make it on votes alone. Mm-hmm. He this could probably short. finish number one in fan votes, like, easily. Bro, we're talking about LaMelo Ball. He's right there with Zion Williamson, if not ahead, in terms of popularity. Lonzo um, would have made it his uh, rookie year if he would have played in the Eastern Conference. 
They was trying to get him in the All-Star game his first two years. Bro, we see Taco Fall making, like, Alex Caruso, bro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> those, those fan votes are crazy. But, I mean, are we all agreeing that LaMelo could be an All-Star in the second season? I'm going year one. Year one, bro, you crazy. Year bro. one. Crazy. He, no, no, no. 50-50 if he in the Western Conference. And it's 100% if he go to the Eastern Conference, he in the year one. You heard it here first. He going to have the most fan votes. Maybe not like more than LeBron or whatever, but he going to have fan votes for sure. For frame of reference, if Zion had played this entire season, do we think he makes the all-star team? Yes, 100%. Same thing with Melo. If he is in from day one to all-star break, he has the same like gravitation towards him that Zion has in the fact that he will then be an all-star year one. But you don't think he might struggle his rookie season the same way Lonzo did? That jump shot was a bit suspect in the NBL. Yeah, there's a lot of adjusting he's going to have to do, but I do think he is better prepared for that adjustment because of the experience he's had having to go up against grown and older competition more so than any other player. But I don't think his rookie season will be as rocky as Lonzo's. I think it'll be very up and down. I think I think I think Lamelo's stats will be better than Lonzo, but Lamelo definitely will be averaging more points than Lonzo. But I feel like percentage wise, it's going to definitely be around the same. Yeah, I can see the percentages. I think when you draft Melo, you bring in Melo in to get buckets, facilitate, and do all of the things. The Lakers they didn't bring Lonzo in to to actually get buckets. They brought him in great leadership, court vision, push the pace. His game is I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna pass it. The green light that Melo is going to have is going to be, like, ridiculous. And I think I've seen things where they're talking about maybe the Warriors trying to push it, make a run to get him and all of that stuff. You throw him into that system, the shot selection is going to be better. The percentages are going to look better because of that. No matter how many shots he takes, the percentages were bad due to the fact that he's still growing in his body. Not just the form. The form needs adjusting, of course. But this was the worst percentage he shot all his career. And plus, he played against physical defenses that were able to be up in his grill. That won't be able to happen in the NBA because there's more passing lanes and drive lanes. LaMelo Ball, I expect him to average a little bit under 20, like 19 or so. But I believe his will to score will have him in contention to be rookie of the year. Because one thing about LaMelo, he comes out swinging, man. He don't care who it is. I'm predicting like 17, 6, and 5 on the season with below 35% shooting from three and under 40% shooting from the field. That's what I think Lamel's averages will be around for his rookie season. What do you guys think? It's crazy because that's literally his stats right now. Wait, isn't he averaging like 17 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists? With, like, that's like his stats. Nah, that's just sort of the I, I, ball bro production, isn't it? The near triple doubles, like under 20 points type thing. Listen, I know I'm yeah. going to come off like a, a stand right now, but I'm going to say whatever Trey Young and Luka is doing in year two, that's what I expect from LaMelo in year one. That's the how highly I hold his game and, and just the path that he's been on. Like you said, the NBA player individually is probably better than what you'd see in the NBL, the NCAA, and all of that stuff, but the game is also set up for you to score. It's also like they clear the lanes for you. They're going to give you a shot to get these numbers that are crazy the same way it is in college football. And like, it's, it's just easier. Wait, AB, hear me out though. AB, hear me mm-hmm. out. Okay. So we all know like when LaMelo was playing at Chino Hills and stuff like that, he was just a pure scorer. 
when he was playing with the JBA USA team, I remember there was times LeVar was talking to LaMelo. He was like, look, you got to start learning how to become a leader. You got to start passing the ball more, getting your teammate open shots. We know you can score, but you have to be a leader to win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can be a Trey Young and all that stuff. But look at the Atlanta Hawks. Where are the Atlanta Hawks at in the Eastern Conference right now? No way. The Dallas Mavericks. Exactly. He can't even put it 40 points, 11, all he wants. You know, I live in Atlanta. Trey Young, yeah, he's that guy, but he ain't helping us win, though. You know, we need more pieces. So, LaMelo, honestly, I feel like he's going to come into the league to win. I feel like LaMelo is all about winning. I can see that. I can see that being his, like, focus on winning. I was watching something the other day, and I think it was Jalen Rose, and he talked about how these rookie players, when you're on that rookie contract, it's more so about establishing yourself as a, a brand name, an envy, a force, an all-star, and all of that. And then later on, after a couple of years, you get into the ideal of like, all right, let me start winning. So the same way, like Trey Young, yeah, maybe on a better team, he wouldn't have as many shots and all of that, but he wouldn't be an all-star. And he probably wouldn't say this. It'd be more important for him to establish himself as that dude than it is for like, let me go ahead and, and make it to the playoffs year one. I think you got to be that dude in the NBA before you can get the W. But I feel like he's like looking up to Lonzo because when Lonzo first entered the league, Lonzo was just talking about, oh, I just want the dub. You know, I'm just trying to get the win. And you know LaMelo's looking up to Lonzo. And Lonzo was literally mentoring LaMelo once he entered the NBA. So you already know Lonzo's probably telling him like, look, man, you got to make sure you take over the team, be a leader and help your team get that win. Because once you're winning, they can't say nothing to you. You can have a bad shooting percentage. You can shoot over 15, man, and you play good. You you know, you got some assists. You play good defense, and you win that game. They can't say nothing to you. But he going to be on a, potentially a terrible team. And if he learning from Lonzo, he gonna, Lonzo going to say, man, I was concerned about the win. And next thing you know, I'm traded. Next thing you know, I'm standing <laughs> in the corner. Next thing you know, my stats ain't great. They talking about I'm a bust. That's true. And then he going to say, Yo, <laughs> go ahead and prove to them that you're not a bust, and then you know what I'm saying. They worry yeah. about the other stuff later. Stressed I can out. see that. That's true. That's real true. They go. <laughs> hey, that's a good point, AB. Like I said, that's why I believe that Lamella Ball is gonna come out swinging, man. One thing about Lamelo, he plays with fire, man. I don't know if y'all realize that, and I expect the same thing his rookie year. He doesn't care if he's going against James Harden or any of these pros. He wants to win as well. But he's also, he doesn't want to have a rookie season like his brother Lonzo. Not to diss Lonzo or anything. He saw it, man. He saw the hate, the pain. He saw it, man. And he's trying to rectify all that. You remember where the video came out where they were talking and and LaMelo was like, bro, you only had two points last night. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) how how you get two points? And he's like, that'll never happen to me. You know what I'm saying? LaMelo, he probably going to approach it more like the the Kobe. He going to shoot 30 shots. And if he only make two, you know what I'm saying? It's, it ain't going to be because he didn't shoot all of the shots. You know what I mean? He ain't going to have no six shots a night games. Like LeVar say, LaMelo is like the best one. He's the killer. You know, LaMelo, he does it all. So, of course, LaMelo, he's going to come in. Now, you know, all the spotlight is on him. He's going to come in and bring out the fire, like how LeVar been saying all this time. It seems like Mel's the only one out of the three brothers that's, like, built for, like, the stardom. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Lonzo's a bit of an introvert. LiAngelo's a bit of an introvert. But LaMelo wants all the light, and I feel like that shows in his game the way he's flashy, the way he'll go for a jelly fam layup. Do you know what I mean? Like, LaMelo's got the sauce about him in this game. All of you all, when you look at the three brothers and you look at LaVar out in front, 
you see what happens when you have somebody leading the way and y'all all buy in at some point and then you get to a certain place. They may not be at the billion dollar company that they wanted to be, but they are ahead of a lot of folks right now who have similar aspirations to what they have. And it is because they all bought in at some point. I think LaMelo is in a great place, man, to be the next big thing in the NBA if he just keep his head down and, and kind of go for what he know. You talking about the Newman family and Prodigy brand? Was that a little shot there, A.B.? Oh, well, you know what? It's not even. I, I actually admire the Newman family and Prodigy brand because you got Julian Newman, who 5'7", and he is who he is today. And there's no way that he should be as known as a basketball player as he is without the same thing. His dad out in front kind of creating opportunities for him. So so I wouldn't take no shots at them. I, I respect what they got going on. Next episode, we're just going to leave the ball family in the past. It's going to be the Prodigies podcast. And we're going to talk about Jaden Newman and J- Julian Newman and Jamie Newman. <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> no, we, we we don't talk about buses, man. We talk about the players, man. <laughs> the players who hooping in the court. I seen the Oompa Loompa get destroyed by IMG. We're not talking about no Newman. Hey, he just dropped forty something today, family. though. Yeah, then he just dropped forty something. You know, yeah, yeah, I give him his props. Yeah, he a yeah, scorer. I mean, you got it. I give him his props. He a scorer. He he can get buckets. It's just he's not built for that type of level. You know, NBA, college. He ain't built for that. But you know, he he get his buckets though. You know, you gotta give him his respect for that. Listen, but let's stop talking about the Newmans before I get another DM from Jamie Newman asking me to take this video down. But let's <laughs> we go wrap this up right here. Everyone say their closing statements. This podcast, man, this is a real deal. Anyone who's listening, subscribe to this channel. And you heard it from Mr. Raw and Cut Truth itself. So do the right thing. Support the channel. You're not going to get anything unfiltered like this. Definitely going to have you back on at some point. Someone who will feature in the podcast. You did a great job today on your first show. Well, bro, the, these mics, bro, we, bro, something, something needs, something needs to be done about the sound quality, my man. I know it'd be me sometimes. I don't know bad. what. Are you moving your mouse or something, bro? I don't know what it is. Bro. No, I got my headphones on, but like even when I was talking, I was hearing noise. So it's not me all the time. Cause mm-hmm. when I was just talking, I was hearing noise. Do your headphones got like the the mic on the wire? But I mean, these are the same headphones I've been using. Well, I passed three podcasts, so it's just like, and yeah. I haven't had problems with it till this podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna upgrade my stuff. You know, I'm just getting started with everything. You're just telling, <laughs> yeah, of course. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, DJ. Definitely someone we want to have come on here more. You gave it raw and uncut, like you say. We got AB the hero as always. I'm just gonna let you guys close it up right now. We're gonna have another episode next week, and that's it from DKM. All right, y'all. It's your main man, AB the hero. We out. Peace. All right, 10K gang, I'm out.